the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Most of us here tonight, I would dare say, are very familiar with the Christmas story. One of the reasons uh, I chose to, to just read through the story tonight, uh, read the passages in the Scripture, because that was always a tradition in my family growing up. Uh, no matter what else was going on, Dad would get out the family Bible and he would read and and just read through the Christmas story. And, of course, when you're a little kid, what do you want to do? What's under the tree? Presents, presents, presents. Well, my parents had an unusual way. They would uh, do all the wrapping Christmas Eve. So when we sat down together Christmas Eve, there was nothing under the tree. And then they would stay up all night wrapping and, and doing things and then, uh, of course, they would get woke up long before they wanted to on Christmas morning. But most of us are familiar with the story. And I don't know if you've ever thought or said, why? Why did it happen that way? Why did it happen when it happened? And what was the whole purpose of everything that did transpire. And, of course, the Bible is its own best commentary. If you want to understand what this book says, you need to read it. It tells you about itself. People often come and they say, Now, Pastor, can you recommend a good book on, and they'll give me a subject out of the Bible, or maybe a book out of the Bible, uh, and, and I'll tell them, well, what you need, if you want the best commentary, just read your Bible. Uh, that's why we hand out the Bible reading schedules. You cannot know what's in the Bible unless you read the whole thing. Uh, one of my favorite little things to do to people, just to mess with their minds, is, is they'll say, well, I'm, I'm getting to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments. And my first statement also is, can you tell me what they are? Well, um, thou shalt have no other gods before thee. And uh, Jesus saves. Isn't that one? And, and I mean, I, I have yet to meet one person who says they're going to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments and giving me more than three or four. But even if you had them all memorized that still wouldn't get you to heaven. Because the Ten Commandments were never made to get you to heaven. That's why Jesus was born. And let's just read through these verses here. Galatians chapter 4. I hope I didn't say Ephesians a few minutes ago. Galatians chapter 4. And uh, we're just going to start reading in verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come... God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God 
through Christ. Now these verses here are an entire commentary, an entire library really explaining the Christmas story. Now you look there in verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of the time was come. God has and always has had a time clock. God is never late. He is never early. He is never rushing to make sure that everything happens. I mean, when we have a church service here, it doesn't really matter. Sunday morning, Thursday night, Sunday night, Christmas Eve. You know what? There's a lot of stuff going on in the Montoro household before church. Now, how many of you had a lot of stuff to do so you could get all prettied up and everything and get over here and find a parking spot in the rain and a story on uh, Christmas Eve and all of those things? How many of you have been late for something? I mean, we all have. I don't know which is worse, being late or being early. But what you're supposed to do is be there on time. Which is something in New York City, it's one of the pleasures of living in this city because nobody expects anybody on time. And if you get messing around and doing your own thing and forget about things, you always have an out. Traffic. Well, you know how messed up the subways are. Whether you're really being honest or not, you've got an excuse. Now, let me tell you something. God doesn't need any excuses. God doesn't need His calendar going beep, 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 15 minutes to your next appointment. But He does everything exactly when He chooses to do it. How many of you remember Y2K? Does everybody remember that? I mean, the world was going to end. Chase Manhattan Bank was going to be losing $5 billion a second because they couldn't update their computers. Uh, That's what people were written in books. And of course... Uh, Some of you that were here, remember, I started in July saying it's a bunch of hype. It's absolutely absurd. There is no way the bank is going to lose that kind of money if you have any questions. When is the last time when they made an error in your favor at the bank? That's what I thought. So you think they're going to lose money just because they can't update a dumb computer? No, nobody lost anything. And everybody said, oh, Jesus is coming back. It's the turn of the millennium. He's got to come back. It was the quietest New Year's in New York history. At least my history. You know why? Because it wasn't God's time clock. You say, why did he choose the time that he did? Well, my best advice is to get saved so that you can ask Him when you get to heaven. Amen? God is under no obligation to explain to us when 
he is doing things. In fact, the next thing on his prophetic time clock is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus say? He said, I don't even know. You say, no, wait a minute, Jesus is God, yes. Well, how, how, how can... Uh, God does some stuff just to make you and I stop and think. Just to make us understand that He is in control. And when everything was done to His perfect timing, the angel Gabriel was sent to Mary and she was told that she was going to have a boy. Now she said, wait a minute, Mr. Angel. I've not been with my husband. I'm engaged, but we have been obeying God's Word. We're pure. She said, how can this be? You know, they've written libraries full of books trying to explain what the angel said in a few sentences. He said, The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. You see, what's the next phrase of that first verse we read? But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. You know, God can do anything He wants because He's God. How many people would agree with that? And if He chooses to do something His way, would you agree with me that it's probably better than the way you're thinking about doing it? I mean... There are times when I've met people who want to improve on what God is doing. Uh, meaning they don't like what God has allowed in their life. And, and I want to challenge you that the reason God did things the way He did it was to keep those Ten Commandments was to make sure that there would be no opportunity for anyone to charge Mary and Joseph with wrongdoing. Jesus was made of a woman, just like the Bible said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. That's a miraculous thing. Yet, I want to challenge you that there's been... Many a young lady who has claimed that has happened trying to lie about sin. But this was done under the law. Why? Well, this is the where of what Jesus was doing. You see, every human being that has ever been born falls under the jurisdiction of of God's law. Now, you don't need to raise a hand, but if you don't raise a hand, you're lying. How many of us have sinned? 
You know, when you sin, you break God's laws. Now, why does God call sin, sin? Why does he say certain things are bad and other things are good? Well, the book of James, and we won't take time to turn it, says sin, when it is finished, what? Bringeth forth death. How many of you like to speed when you're driving your car? I mean, aren't speed limits stupid? But how many people die every year because somebody breaks the speed limit? Now, tomorrow is Christmas. I have Italian heritage in my family. You know what Italians do on Christmas Day? They eat like pigs. I mean, how many of you would say, Preacher, I'm with you. I enjoy just stuffing my face. I mean, one more helping than I deserve. Now, Miss Pam, am I exaggerating? No, okay. She's of Italian heritage, too. I mean, that's just what... Can we be real? I mean, that's what we like to do. My dad said, you know, some people eat to live. He said, we Montoros. He says, we live to eat. But how many people dig their grave with their fork? By eating the wrong kinds of foods, by destroying their bodies with all kinds of things that are just going to eat you up and you get diabetes and all of those diseases and, and things. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not into that 1,200 calorie a day thing. They say, well, you can live almost forever. I don't want to live forever. I, I want to go to heaven and be with the Lord. I, he said he gave us life and that life more abundantly. I want to enjoy the life that he gave me. But I have to be careful. You see, God said things were sins because they'll bring forth death. And many of us have experienced that death in our own lives as we've made choices that were against God's commandment and seen the death of relationships, the death of marriage. Sometimes even the death of a human being because of wrong decisions that have been made either by us or by other people. You know, innocent people always suffer because of sin. That's one of the things that makes sin, sin. Jesus came to those that were under the law. How could He come to us? How could He be in the same place that we are under the law of God? It's very simple. He was made of a woman. He was made under the law. He was made in direct obedience to God's law. This is why Jesus was born as He was. Mary was espoused, engaged, Legally married in Jewish society, though the marriage had not been consummated. In uh, the book of Luke, we read that uh, he took 
Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And uh, yet we read in Matthew that when he was debating on this whole thing and trying to figure it out, that God revealed to him and said, listen, the child that Mary is carrying is the Holy Ghost. And the purpose for this child, his name is Jesus, because he shall save his people from their sins. What did it say? It said, Joseph, being raised from his sleep, took unto him Mary his wife. Fulfilling all the requirements of the law and giving protection. But like Sunday morning sermon, there's still this element of faith in there. You know what? God isn't under obligation to make sense to you. You're under an obligation to listen to what he said in this book called the Bible. And all God's people said. You see, he was born at the exact time. He was born under the law so that he could come to those under the law. This is why Jesus lived as he did. And the scribes and the Pharisees hated him so much because everything he did pointed a finger at their hypocrisy and the emptiness of their foolish religion and their traditions. And how often did Jesus rail on their traditions? He said, your traditions make void the law of God. He said, I've come not to destroy the law. He said, I've come to fulfill it. You know, he did something that no human being can do. He looked at him he said, which one of you convinces me Or which one of you can prove that I have sinned? Now, who was he talking to? He was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. You know who the scribes were? They were the lawyers. They were a complete cast, a segment of society who did nothing but be busybodies in everybody else's business in determining what was right and wrong in the Jewish community. Now, could you imagine any human being going into a pack of criminal lawyers and say, which one of you can prove that I've done anything wrong? I don't have enough guts to try that. And I hope you don't either, because that's pretty dumb. Because if a lawyer is worth his salt, if he can't find something, he'll make it up. Am I being ridiculous? I'm not trying to be hard on lawyers in particular. I'm just talking about the way they operate. Read the scribes and the Pharisees. They weren't any better than that. Do you think if they could have convicted Jesus of something. In fact, the only charge that they could level against him when he stood before Pilate was he said he's the king of the Jews. And Pilate, if you let him go, we're going to tell Caesar on you. Because you cannot be the representative of Rome and let anybody else be king. And what did Jesus had already said? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then they would fight for it. He said, but my kingdom is not from thence. The only charge they had was a trumped up lie. 
But Pilate knew Caesar would believe the lie. And he wasn't about to put his political career on the line to fight against those people. You see, Jesus came to us under the law and lived under God's law. Now look at the next verse. To redeem them, verse 5, that we might receive the adoption of sons. You know, Christmas is a whole lot more than being able to put your little baby doll in the nativity in the manger of your nativity set. Amen. He came to redeem us who were under the law. See, one of the problems of being under the law is the law is there to convict you of guilt. That is a proper use of the law. Any other thing you use the law for is improper. That's why we have so many problems in our society today. We have a group of politicians who think, we're going to solve the world's problems. We're going to pass a law. Well, how many laws have they broke already? You're going to pass another one, right? If we would use the law as it was meant to be used, the law is there to convict us for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God except one. He was made of a woman made under the law that He might redeem us. Now, I love my Bible. And I love the words that are in it. You see, that word redeem is an incredible word. The word redeem means to buy back. It means the purchase price paid. I want to ask you a question. Who but God could pay for sin? And who but man would try to figure out some way around it? You know, 90% of religion, you know what it does? It says, the ultimate goal, the ultimate attainment in our religion is when you knock on those pearly gates, they're going to open the door and let you in. Isn't that true? Jesus said, that is not the ultimate attainment. He said, that's only the beginning of what I have for those that love me. He said, I don't want you just to get into heaven by the skin of your teeth. I don't want you to have to go to purgatory and, and burn off the rest of your sins. I don't want you to uh, have to crawl on your hands and knees and, and just barely. He said, I want you to come into heaven as if you owned the place. You say, that sounds kind of arrogant. Well, read what it says here. 
It says, to redeem them under the law that we might receive the... What's that next word? Are you looking? What's the next word? Say it out loud. Adoption. Adoption of sons. He said, listen... I've come, Jesus came to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, you know what? We have quite a few sons in our family. Six of them to be exact. But in August, we did something that we've never done before. We adopted one. Well, we didn't adopt him. We let him marry Sarah. You know what? He's a part of the family now. I don't know what he thinks of that. But we like it. And we're glad that he and Sarah are here with us for Christmas. And they sit around the table and you know what? He's a part of what goes on. Because he's a part of the family. He doesn't have to knock when he comes to the door. He, he doesn't have to, to be extra polite and say, excuse me, and all those things. He's part of the family. There, there's a difference between guest and family. And by the way, don't expect us to say excuse me or get out of the way either. Amen? Because you're part of the family. Jesus said, listen, I want to redeem you so that you can receive the adoption of sons. So that you can be part of my family. You know what family is? Family is somebody you've got to let through the door whether you want to or not. I hope you don't mind my humor. But every one of you just thought of some family member that fits that description just absolutely perfectly, haven't you? You know why you got to let them in? Because they're part of it. You know why God has to let you in? Because you're family. Once you're saved, that is. Once you're redeemed. You see, Jesus was made... At God's perfect time, under the law, made of a woman, He came to those that were under the law. He lived under the law just as we did, except for one thing. Never once did He break God's law. Then He redeemed us. He paid the price. What was the price of sin? Death. The death of the cross. Now look what it says here. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You know, if one of my sons came to the door and knocked on the door, 
and kept knocking on the door and say, well, Dad, I, I wasn't sure whether you'd let me in or not. I don't know whether I'd cry. Or I don't know what I'd do. You know what? They belong in my house. They shouldn't be standing there knocking at the door. But how many Christians stand there and go, Oh, dear Lord Jesus, would you please kind of, sort of, maybe, if you could find it just a little bit. What an insult that is to the God of this book called the Bible. When we treat Him in such a way, it says that He has given His Spirit, the Spirit of His Son, to live in us. You know... The Spirit of His Son, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God can do nothing but address God the Father in the most intimate and endearing terms. That's, that's why your King James Bible says, Abba, Father. That is not an English word. That is what we would say in English. We would say, Daddy, or my dearest Daddy. And our translators are going, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know if we can refer to God that way. You know what we'll do? We'll, we'll transliterate the word and let people look it up so that they don't make light of the character of God. You know what? There's a lot of people that talk about God as the man upstairs. We'll be under one of my sons that calls me old man. In a derogatory sense. Because I'm not an old man. I'm his father. There's a difference. It's not being flippant because it took the cross. It took the tomb. It took the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus to pay my debt for my sins. And He wants me to be a part of His family. He wants me to understand that God does not want me just crawling in the back door. He wants me walking in. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, Come boldly unto the throne of grace. It's not flippantly, my friend. There's a difference between carelessness and boldness. It says, I have a right to walk before the very throne of God in prayer and know and expect Him to hear if I pray according to His Word. And that's a whole other sermon. But you see, there's a purpose for all of the events that we celebrate at Christmas time. You see, it was in the fullness of the time that Jesus was born. That was almost 2,000 years ago. Everything that God said would happen the first time Jesus came happened exactly as He said so. You know what that does? That gives me hope and faith to believe that everything the Bible says has yet to happen is still going to occur. But He came to redeem us under the law. That's why He had to live under the law. That's why we do not know anything about the vast majority of Jesus' life. 
Oh yes, there are idiots out there that say, yes, we have found the hidden gospel that nobody knew about. And liar? We've known about those books for centuries. We knew about them when they were written. And they were cast into the garbage cans of history. And it takes a modern scholar to get a shovel and dig them out and call them new. Listen, we know nothing of the real life of Jesus between the time he was born. He went to Egypt. He came back. He lived in Nazareth. Uh, he, at 12 years old, Luke gives us a story of going to Jerusalem for the feast. And then we don't know anything else until we met a guy named John the Baptist. You know why? Because his life was so ordinary, we wouldn't believe it. And God wasn't going to waste time telling us about ordinary things. But Jesus lived every day without sin. So he could redeem you and I. That's God's love. Now, sometimes we get families on earth that are really messed up. But I'll tell you what. God's family is not that way. And God's love isn't that way. And He wants you to enjoy that fellowship as a son with your father. He wants us not to expend our life's energy hoping to drag ourselves across the finish line in such a state that the angel would look through the checklist and say, well, I guess we can drag this one in the garbage port. He made it by the skin of his teeth. Some bright boy wrote a song, just give me a little cottage in the corner of heaven. Dope. The Bible says that we're heirs of God with Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that's a whole lot of living that I want to be taken advantage of. How about you? That's why Jesus was born. That's why he was born the way he was born. That's why he lived the way he did live. So he could redeem us and not drag us across the finish line But give us the right to sit at the table and to partake of the good things that God has and to have that abundant life, not a life of fear, not a life of trying to do good and always failing, but a life of joy because He loves me. And all God's people said. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Now I've asked for one special song tonight. And while they sing this song, I want you to listen to the words. And let's just keep our heads bowed and close our eyes for just a moment.
Try not to pay attention. We're almost done. We'll, we'll have you out of here very shortly. But as they sing this song, would you listen to the words? And would you ask yourself, am I in agreement with the Scriptures?